Well, good morning. We're going to be taking a look at the Gospel of John this morning. Uh, so you can get open to that. And uh, before we do, just in the way of announcements, uh, don't forget to vote. Uh, either uh, dropping it off at some of the voting places or voting on Tuesday. But uh, remember to take care of that. And uh, in our prayer needs this morning, uh, Kay wanted us to, to know this morning, uh, Kay Morris, that uh, she is beginning to be able to walk around much, much better. Uh, she's been taking some long walks, in fact, and so that's uh, good to hear. But she's still having serious problems with her eyesight. So uh, she still can't drive, and so she asked for more prayer there. Uh, Diane Van uh, fell this week and was in the hospital. And then while in the hospital, she had uh, 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 some trouble with her heart. She had some chest pains. And after they got everything settled, they decided they'd put her in a uh, uh, rehab facility for uh, a few days at least, maybe a couple of weeks, uh, and see if they can't get her better and up and around. Um, also, uh, there's an upcoming school board meeting uh, to where they are going to have a presentation uh, by Planned Parenthood. And maybe some of you have been reading about this or heard about this. Um, the sex education program that they're, in be, they're proposing and being invited possibly to teach, <laughs> it's borderline pornography, uh, if not pornography in some cases. And uh, I think they're going overboard. I, I think it's, it's gone further than it should be going. And uh, so, uh, on Sunday, uh, on October 3rd, Sunday afternoon on October 3rd, we're going to open the doors here from 3 to 5 for anybody who would like to come and pray uh, in reference to that board meeting, which will be the following week. And so, uh, uh, that will be, we will be doing uh, on on. Uh, excuse me, Sunday, October 3rd. Um, again, continue to be praying for all of those people who are on the fire lines and all those people who are in harm's way. Uh, it is uh, devastating at this point how many people have uh, lost literally everything. And uh, I have a particular prayer that I've been started to pray and that is that God would grant favor with these people with FEMA and other institutions that are trying to come along including their insurance companies and uh, that they can uh, get restored somehow and so uh, just be praying for these people um, they've lost everything and uh, so just keep them in prayer and then uh, Tim Zachary uh, uh, has had her baby, baby girl, Evelyn Marie, six pounds, 14.4 ounces, and doing well. So uh, I just wanted to let you know that as well. So uh, I don't know if there's any other prayer needs this morning that need to be mentioned. Yes. Okay, Brad and Lisa are home not feeling well. Yes. Okay, 
Round two, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. I saw another hand over here someplace. Okay. Uh, let's pray. Father, uh, we pray for those who are not feeling well today, Brad, Lisa, and, and uh, granddaughters and, and extended families, especially those battling uh, the, the COVID virus. And we ask, Lord, for quick intervention, miraculous healing. And we ask, Lord, that You would, again, we bring this COVID situation to You and ask that You would break the, the cycle of contagious, uh, to, contagion to, the, to people, uh, bring strength and healing and, and the ability to fight uh, against it and not even get it in the first place. And we ask that for not only our church, but for our community and our, our county, our state, across the nation, really, Lord, across the globe. And we just ask for your intervention there. We also ask for wisdom for those who are dealing with uh, coming up with medication for this, that you would give them the wisdom that they need to find the exact right combination of things that will uh, cause this to be uh, no longer a threat. We pray for all those who are, are dealing with the loss of property and, and the fire uh, situation here in California especially and all those that have been victims of the floods and storms back east and in the south, and ask, Lord, that You would bring Christian people across their paths to come alongside and help. And also, Lord, that You would grant them favor with uh, the government agencies, FEMA and, other, and their insurance companies in getting things back together again and getting started again, Lord. Lord, we... Uh, pray for this situation at the high school. Uh, we ask, Lord, that uh, as we gather together on October 3rd in the afternoon, Sunday afternoon, October 3rd, that You would uh, bring us together to pray. And we ask, Lord, that You would uh, cause this to to run into... I don't know how to what to pray, Lord, other than it would become difficult for them to enact the program. And that there would be people who would look at this and see it and say no. And uh, we just ask, Lord, that for those in leadership that have already decided yes, that You might change their minds and cause them to come up with a no vote. And uh, we put this in Your hands and ask for You to intervene, Lord. And finally, Lord, we thank You for uh, Kim and her new baby, and Kim and, 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 and uh, Evelyn Marie. Thank you for a healthy baby, healthy mom. Be with them as they uh, uh, go home and, and keep them strong and protect them as well, Lord, uh, from uh, getting sick and from the virus, Lord. And then finally, Lord, again, we commit this time to You and ask that You would open our hearts and our minds to receive from You the things that You would have us learn this morning from Your Word. We ask Your Holy Spirit to, to work in us and through us. In Jesus' name, Amen. We'll be taking a, a couple of Sundays today and next Sunday to take a look at the Gospel of John. And uh, this morning what I want to, to look at is the things that John points to that clearly say Jesus is 
God. And the easiest thing to do is just to literally go to the the prologue of, of the Gospel of John, the first 18 verses, and start there. And uh, uh, just look at that. But before I do that, I want you to, to, to just listen to a Scripture. It's actually in the end of John, uh, John chapter 20, uh, the last couple of verses. And this is the purpose that he wrote the Gospel of John. He says, Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that, uh, and that by believing you may have life in His name. Now, to call Jesus the Son of God is to call Him God. I want you to understand that. that when, when in the Hebrew culture they heard the words Son of God, they're saying He's making Himself out to be God. And so this is... John saying, I want you to see Him as who He is, God in the flesh. And so, let's go back to chapter 1, the prologue, starting with the first verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear, uh, to bear witness about the light that all might believe through Him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Of course, speaking of John the Baptist. The true light which enlightens everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through Him. Yet the world did not know Him. He came to His own and His own people did not receive Him. But to all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He, came, he, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory. Glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about Him and cried out, This was He of whom I said, He who comes after Me ranks before Me, because He was before Me. That by itself is an interesting statement since John was six months older than Jesus. And from His fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, and grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, referring to God the Father, the only God who is at the Father's side has made Him known. The focus this morning I want to take would be to look first at the first three verses. Uh, he starts off with, in the beginning was the Word. Okay, and that's a, a direct statement of taking us right back to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens. In other words, in the beginning, 
was the Word. And the was is past tense, so it means that even literally before the beginning was the Word. So before there was anything created, Jesus was. The Son of God was. He existed. In the beginning was the Word. And, and when the beginning happened, so the Word was there. The Word, it says, was with God, which implies the presence of God, you know, the presence of God with a distinct person with Him. In other words, the Word was with God. So now we have two persons of the of what we would say is the Trinity: the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus was with God, and then it says the Word was God. The Word, in every case here, is referring to Jesus Christ. In fact, many of your Bibles may have the W in Word capitalized. The Word was God. He was with God. Now, the Jews wanted to kill Jesus because of, of, of this kind of a statement. I'll just quickly look at John chapter 5, verse 18 as just one incident. Uh, Jesus had healed a, a, the man by the pool of Bethsaida. Uh, he was uh, a, an invalid and, and Jesus healed him and it was the Sabbath. And G, the, the question was brought forward by the, the Jews. And when John uses the, the word the Jews in this context, he was referring to the leadership of the Jewish people, whether it be the the scribes or the priests, he didn't necessarily spell out which group, but the Jews would be the leadership. He said the Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. Verse 16 of John chapter 5. Verse 17, but Jesus answered them, my father is working until now and I am working. This was why the Jews were seeking all the more to kill him. Because not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own Father, making himself equal with God. Very clearly, Jesus has made the statement, I am the Son of God, I, I am equal with God. He's not hiding that in any way here. And so, what we see here is, is need to see and understand, is Jesus is God. There is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to get into all the, the details of the Trinity, but to just establish, John makes this much clearer right here. He was in the beginning with God. Verse 3 says He was the Creator. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 uh, Paul confirms all of this. He says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. By the way, the word firstborn of all creation here is a title. It's not something that means He was born physically. Firstborn of all creation means the one entitled to the inheritance. In other words, God has designated that He will be the King of kings, the Lord of lords. All things are His and has been given to Him. All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. 
All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. You know, that's one of the mysteries of the universe. What holds everything together? Uh, there's been a lot of different things through science. The, the last big one was the gluons, uh, which was a crazy word, you know. But uh, the idea is, is that everything should be pulling apart by, by the n- nature of it, the way it comes together. And yet God holds it together. And it says it's through the Word of Christ. It's through His creation. It's the way He did it. Uh, he is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And so, Jesus very clearly is the Creator. He is the Son of God. The Jews desired to kill Him because He called Himself the Son of God, making Himself equal with God. In John chapter 1, verse 14... It says, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The word dwelt here is to literally pitch His tent. Tabernacle is also tied to this word. It, he literally came and pitched His tent. And it made me think of, of First Corinthians, or Second Corinthians chapter 5. Speaking about man, Paul writing, he says, uh, For we know that if, this, uh, if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, in other words, our tent, Jesus pitched His tent with us. He became flesh like us. And, and Paul says we are a tent. He uses that same picture to, to, to identify us. Uh, we are a tent, and we know if it's destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands. I love this, this, these verses. Eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to be put in our heavenly dwelling. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened, not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. It's interesting that Paul equates what is mortal as temporary and real life is yet to come. So what is mortal, what we consider life, he says is swallowed up by life. Word became flesh, dwelt among us. The question that I, I came to my mind as, as I'm thinking... You know, okay, he dwelt among us. He pitched his tent among us, so to speak. Why? Well, verse 18 says, No one has ever seen God, the only God, referring to Christ, who is at the Father's side. He has made Him known. Jesus came to make the Father known. And the plan of salvation known. And how God was intervening to bring man into His presence. I, I, I look at this and you realize the, the awesomeness of, of what this means. 
He, God, the Son, literally becomes flesh. Philippians chapter 2. In fact, I'm not going to just talk about it. Let's let's look at that. Philippians chapter 2. Starting with the fifth verse. It says, Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though He was in the form of God, He did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Why? Because He had it. He didn't have to grasp for it. But, He made Himself nothing, or He emptied Himself, taking the form of a servant, Literally a bond servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He emptied himself. And I want you to understand very clearly here, he didn't empty himself of, of his nature in the sense of, of God in His nature. Colossians 2.9 uh, says, For in Him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. He was God in the flesh. He didn't empty Himself of it, but He did set aside His authority in the sense. I, I had it described to me like, like it would be, he ha- if we were to see it today and try to come up with some kind of an example, it would be like a king with his his robe uh, as his authority took his robe off and laid it down, and and stepped away from it, and became flesh. So Jesus is a unique being. He is fully man and fully God. There is no other like Him. He alone has this. Fully man and fully God. He emptied Himself. Not of His God nature, so that the fullness of deity, because like I said, the fullness of deity dwells in Him bodily. But He is is doing this with the purpose to empty, He emptied Himself with the purpose to become flesh, to to tabernacle or or to tent with us in order to be obedient to the point of giving His life on the cross. He humbled Himself, obedient as a man to the Father. In Romans chapter 10, Paul writes, Verse 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the Scripture says, everyone who believes in Him will not be put to shame. And the reader of Hebrews chapter 4 Verses 14-16 says, Since 
Since then we have a great High Priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a High Priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Why? Because He became God in the flesh. He became fully man. He knows what it is to be tempted. And we, somebody will say, well, there's just the three temptations. No, that was... First off, if you put all the, the, the Gospel talking about His wilderness experience in temptation, it says He was constantly being tempted. And the final three temptations were those that would be something that was desert, you know, came against Him literally as the Son of God, things that would be tempted uh, only, by, you know, only against you know, Him. We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. If we confess, if we believe in our heart, the grace is ours because of what Christ has done. He emptied Himself, went to the cross on our behalf. He paid the price in full for sin for all who confess Him as Savior. There's nothing that we bring to the table. There's no gift that we can bring. Attending church doesn't earn you any extra points. Hopefully you attend church because you feel called to be around uh, in fellowship with other believers to encourage one another, build each other up in Christ. Tempted in every way, but without sin. I was trying to think of, of also one area where I have not heard a sermon in reference to temptation in reference to Jesus, but He was tempted in the garden. you recall what He said if the cup could be removed? But then what did He say? Not my will, but Thy will be done. He was without sin. Tempted in every way, but without any sin. The perfect sacrifice. Once and for all. Jesus is God. He came in the flesh. He revealed to us the Father and the plan of salvation. This was predestined before the the beginning of, 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 of time. Ephesians talks about that. And the reality is, is that this was God's plan from the beginning. His desire is for us to approach His throne, ask for His forgiveness, and receive Him, to confess Him, and to believe in our hearts that God raised Him from the dead. That He is alive. And in the process of all of that, is to seek out His covering daily. And probably in that context, frequently through the day. No better place to look at this than when we share in communion.
Because communion is a reminder for us of what God has done. Jesus, in the flesh, bondservant, emptied Himself to the point of the cross, even death on the cross, in order to purchase our salvation. And when we rest in His grace, which we are called to do, and again, I read that to you, uh, let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need and, and, and to realize that anytime there's a doubt in your mind, call on God. Ask for His grace and His mercy and to be able to see what God has done for us. As we prepare for communion, we're going to sing uh, a song and uh, I asked the team to come up. There's a, a, a verse in it that says, All our hope is in You. All the glory to You. God, the light of the world. In that song we acknowledge Jesus Christ is God.
in the chorus, Jesus, Messiah, name above all names, blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel, God is with us. The rescue for sinners, the ransom from heaven, Jesus, Messiah, Lord of all. The Gospel of Matthew, Jesus shares what we traditionally call the Last Supper with His disciples. We find in chapter 26, verse 26, it says, Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, He broke it, and He gave it to the disciples, and He said, Take, eat, this is My body. Matthew continues, and it says, and he says, And Jesus took a cup, and when He had given thanks, He gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is My blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in My Father's kingdom. So as we drink the cup, we remember His sacrifices poured out blood for our sins in the covering, but also the reality He's coming again. Let us share in the cup. Father, we thank You for the opportunity to share together Your love, Your mercy, Your grace. We ask, Father, that as we leave this place today, You would be with us in such a way as to cause us to remember daily the God of all creation is our Savior. Emmanuel, God is with us. And we look forward to the day where we share the cup with You face to face. We worship You. We praise You. We thank You. In Jesus' name, Amen. Would you stand as we close, please?